said, give me a hell yeah. I said, give me a hell yeah. This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. I'm super excited to bring on today one of the hottest young stars in the world of independent wrestling out here on the West Coast area, Carl Fredericks. How's it going, man? It's going good, man. No complaints here. So this Friday, you are wrestling at the Cow Palace. This is APW's second show this year at the Cow Palace, and, and wrestling hasn't Hadn't happened at the Cow Palace for for, uh, a little while there. And you're facing Jacob Fatu, defending your internet championship. Uh, You looking forward to it? What are you feeling a few days out here? Um, I I feel good, man. Uh, Physically, I actually had a weekend off, which is rare, but um, physically I feel good. I'm I'm excited about the match. I'm excited to return to the Cow Palace. It's actually where I won the title. So I'm uh, I'm hoping to go 2-0 in that building. So let's quickly go back to that to that first match, and we'll 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 we'll, talk, we'll go sort of bouncing around here because I has I have a bunch of different questions for you. But so you're wrestling at the Cow Palace. Um, you know, I don't know what what sort of the size of crowds that you've wrestled in front of uh, in, in Reno and in other areas that you've wrestled in, but that was a pretty impressive crowd coming back to the Cow Palace. I don't know, there was maybe three thousand people in the building or whatever. I mean, could you definitely feel like, wow, you know, this is this feels like it's a really big show? Yeah, as, as far as I know, it was right around three thousand, and uh, it was a. It's one of those things you could, I mean, you could just feel it in the air, the buzz of the building, you know, even on a small show, when the people are hyped, you can feel it. But uh, I remember specifically doing the uh, the meet and greet stuff where the just the VIP tickets alone came in and it was just like hundreds of people, like in, you know, it seemed like in, in an instant we're just in the building and I was like, holy cow, like we got a lot, we got a lot of bodies in here. And then um, by the time that first match, that rumble started, like the energy in the building and just looking around, seeing how packed it was. And then by the time it was time for my match, that long walk to the ring, which I really enjoyed. Um, it was there and just all the bodies, you know what I mean? Like on, on the way down and kind of didn't really sink in until then. Now, when you, when you uh, have that, that kind of match in the, in that building, like you mentioned, it was where you won your championship from Will Cuevas. Um, did, did you feel normal did you feel the same was it sort of like every other match you've had or did you feel little butterflies were they like were you like wow you know there, there there's the ghost of wrestling past is in this building like how did you feel yeah there's there's definitely a different energy um I, I felt actually i felt very comfortable the um the whole night just ready I was, I was excited you know ready and confident to go to go do my thing but it was just it was just odd how um I did expect to be a little more nervous than I thought thinking, thinking of that. But then it was just kind of just from the get go, just, I enjoyed the whole thing. Like the whole day was such a good day. I'm sure it was for everybody. Um, but I was just watching that first match and seeing the crowd react to everything. Like my whole, thought. I was like, all right, well, you know, wait till I get out there. So I, I couldn't wait to do it. So it was, it was that nervous energy of just like, I'm, I'm ready to go. Let me, you know, can, can my match be up yet? Um, 
and then like you said, the history, like some like Eddie Guerrero is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. You know, won won that title there. I won my first. This is, you know, this is my first big notable championship to, that I've held. So it was just, it was a big night, and it was cool for me to stamp my own little little spot in wrestling history there. You know. Now you mentioned you mentioned Eddie Guerrero, so that you know that that I think that brings a lot of memories back to to people who are listening to this. You know, No Way Out, uh, two thousand and four, I believe, uh, and that was yep. you know that that was you know, one of the, the last big matches in, in that building, um, you know, just starting out, like, were, were you, were you a big wrestling fan as a kid? Like, when did you start gravitating towards watching wrestling? I fell in love with wrestling when I was, it was either six or seven years old. Um, this is when WCW, the NWO was running hot. And, uh, I knew Hulk Hogan was the first name that I could just really recognize and knew, um, my parents, my mom has been to some wrestling shows. She's actually seen shows at the Cow Palace, stuff like that, you know. Um, but I just, I knew who Hulk Hogan was. And I remember the first time I saw it on TV, like I just, I remember it was NWO. I thought the NWO was so cool. And then, you know, Goldberg came along. And it, but by the time I was seven years old, at least, it was, it was over. That was my uh, football and wrestling were like my only two interests. And that that's actually a really cool period to get into wrestling because it was the hottest, you know, at least from a pop culture perspective nationally that, that it, that it maybe has ever been. Uh, I mean, there, yeah. there, there are other, there are other periods you could, you could look to. Like I, when, when I first got into it, it was kind of like the, 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 the other mainstream period before that, which is, you know, the rock and wrestling. And, and you mentioned Hogan and that, you know, that, that was my guy too, when I was growing up, yeah. but it, it, you know, it, it's actually, a, it was a cool period. And, you know, I kind of wonder when I talk to people when they got into wrestling, like how did people around you uh, react to your fandom? I, I imagine it was probably a little bit more favorable because wrestling was a lot cooler at that time. But like a lot of people will have these stories of like, oh, yeah, you know, my mom and dad would sort of yell at me for turning it on and, and watching it. But I imagine it was oh, probably yeah. pretty accepted for you. Yeah, so it was um, just as far as like in, within my own house, um, man. They've all, my parents have always been so, especially my mom, so supportive of my interests. Um, and you know, I'm I'm from a small town about an hour away from Reno. It's called Lock Lock. And I remember I still have my ticket. Uh, 1997, WCW came to town, and like begging her, begging her, begging her. She took me to the show, and any chance we got to come up to Reno could make it to one of the shows. She she took me to. I think three or four of my, one of my oldest sisters, she took me to one. Um, of course I would catch flack every now and then my dad, uh, would come home from work. He was a police officer. He'd come home from work and raw was on and he'd like, he'd want to watch the news. So I catch like the first hour of raw. And then <laughs> there was always the jokes here and there that it was fake and stuff like that. But he was, he never like discouraged me from watching it. Um, and you know, he, if there was pay-per-views or something that I was able to, to buy myself, he'd sit there and watch him with me. Um, but I remember with school, like when I was little, you know, we all come to school and everyone's got a Goldberg shirt and we were riding around two sweeting each other. And, <laughs> you know, and this is like third, fourth grade. And then by the time I was in middle school, uh, me and my best friend, you know, we still loved it. And so this is the, you know, 2004, this is around that time. And by the time I got to high school, it was like, it wasn't as cool anymore, but I still faithfully watched it, loved it. And then it was like, I remember like I'd be made fun of, uh, not not like bullied made fun of, but like my friends, you know, who did like grew out of it. Like I was wearing my Raymond Sandler shirts, my my Randy Orton shirt, stuff like that. And uh, 
I had that Eddie Guerrero shirt that was like the Scarface movie poster. Uh-huh, you know, he, uh-huh. has, he was champion at the time, and that was like one of my favorite shirts ever. Um, and yeah, so there was definitely a time where like it just wasn't as cool. I remember as a freshman in high school, me and my best friend being older than WrestleMania 21, and we didn't tell anybody. <laughs> you know, we were both three sport athletes. Like by the time we were seniors, you know, all state, all conference. So we were in with all you know the athletes from every grade and I remember coming to school on Monday and my sister had told one of the seniors that we had, we had ordered it and he came up to us and he was like mad at us that we didn't tell him <laughs> and uh, it was just I just remember thinking how funny it was because he's like well we already came and watched it but like you know it wasn't cool then you know so we were trying to hide it from everybody like I was like mad my sister had told someone that I was watching wrestling <laughs> yeah see I think I think the the secret wrestling fans are the best because you know the, the the ones who you who may have watched it here and there, but they still are interested in like the big shows, like you know WrestleMania, like you said, like those, those are the fun ones because you know for 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 a person who knows wrestling, it can be kind of you you know you can kind of be a little popular with people who kind of in and out of it. Oh, you know what happened? You know who? How did you know this guy was going to win? That that was kind of where I yeah yeah you know that that was where I was in in, in eighth grade. Well, how did you know Andre was going to beat Hogan in this match? I was like. I, I don't. I don't know. I I read it and I and so you kind of you know you kind of get that thing. But so you mentioned football being an, another big thing for you uh, and just high school sports in general. As you're growing up, um, you know football is, is an avenue to to college and elsewhere. Uh, but did you did you think like you know you were going to do something in football or were you always kind of wired towards wrestling uh, at that time? So I still I kept up with wrestling up until my sophomore year of high school. It was actually like shortly after Eddie Guerrero died that I had stopped watching regularly. If I saw it on TV, I would always stop. Quantum of the teens. Um, but at this point, my biggest goal was to I wanted to play college football. It didn't matter what level. I wanted to, you know, like ha- I wanted to have my school pay for. I wanted to go somewhere based based on my my skills on the field and uh, I ended up doing that I played in the, at the NEIA level in 2008 when I graduated high school um, I was in Kansas at the University of St. Mary and I still like if you like even in I remember leaving like football practice and going straight to Reno in high school because wrestling like WWE would come to town and even if the roster was like you know the bunch of new I remember seeing Seamus for the first time I'd never seen him on TV just on live um so I always kept up with it, but it was, what was it, WrestleMania 25? Uh, Shawn Michaels and Undertaker won mm-hmm. the first match they had. So I had me and my brother-in-law just because it was on, like, he grew up watching wrestling and loving it. And so we're like, hey, let's go to WrestleMania. We watched it. And I remember it had been so long since, I mean, just the false finishes and everything where, like, both, we were both, the reactions he was getting out of both of us. I hadn't felt it since I was, you know, a kid. I was like, holy, like that match was so damn good. And I was like, man, like I love this again. And then I saw, so it was that. And I saw the CM Punk um, DVD documentary. Uh-huh. And that's when it, that's when it really clicked. I think it's probably either 2011 or 12. Right. Um, and that's when it clicked in my mind. Like I'd seen that in the Shawn Michaels as well. And I was like, this is, this is something, you know, cause I, I was done playing football already. I was just going to college here at the university of Nevada. And I was still very, like even more dedicated to the gym than I had ever been in my life. I found a love and a passion for that. And it just clicked it. Like I'm, I was, 
I love wrestling still. Like, I've just started watching the games. Like, I could do that. Like, I've always wanted to do that. You just find a school, you know, you train and you learn how to do it. Um, I was playing off and on in bands and singing and still uh, in entertainment at that point. So, like, I had gotten a good knack for that um, and then realized it's, you know, that sports entertainment. Like, it all just clicked one day. Yeah. And this is around maybe 2012, the latest I decided, okay, when I'm done with school, I am going to go to wrestling school. Like, I'm going to get my degree. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to go all in. Um, And I didn't even step foot in a ring until, like, November, December of 2014, right? At the, you know, beginning of 2015. But I I was decided in my head I was going to do it. So I started actually training and lifting with the thought that this is with a purpose. You know, I'm not just in the gym, you know, for this for the heck of it now, but like I'm gonna be a wrestler someday. So I was watching, I was studying, I was religiously watching it again and just fell in love. So explain the entertainment piece because I think, you know, football player, athletic person, someone who who's in the gym a lot, I think that's a good blueprint for for who eventually you know becomes a wrestler but you you mentioned the entertainment point the entertainment part of it um explain that a little bit because i don't think a lot of people you know come from that from from that area of of sort of you know talent or background as well yeah i again i got i'm lucky to have been involved in both you know so all through high school i was i fell in love with uh, with music i don't i've always been a big fan of music um but i started playing the drums and then I started, I picked up the guitar for the first time and I fell in love with that and self-taught. I would play hours every day. If I wasn't, if I wasn't doing a sport, I was at home playing my guitar. Like that's what I was doing. And then by the time I was done playing football, some of my best friends from home were up here in Reno and we started a band and then we just started playing shows and I was, you know, I was playing guitar and I was our lead singer and, uh, I learned very quickly that, on top of just the energy and everything that comes out of your music, like you, you know, I was, we're there to entertain. And so I put a lot of, uh, I put a lot of time and effort just studying entertainers. And I've all, you know, I grew up a big Michael Jackson fan. And, um, so it just, and I was still doing solo music at the time I started training wrestling and, uh, uh, Chupi, El Chupacabra, who's, he wrestles, uh, I don't know if he, the hood for him. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. stuff he does that a lot and he's you know he trained here with the Reno Scum and those guys he's very tight with my trainers and someone who he was around for a good portion of my early days but uh, I remember he would come into the the nightclub that I bartended at when I first started and he said hey I saw you doing music and stuff and I didn't know him very well um, so we're still getting to know each other and he's like man you keep doing that like that's going to be very useful that's going to be good for your wrestling because you know we are, we're entertainers and especially you know, coming from like the type of show, the hood climate it is very much on more so on the entertainment aspect than your traditional wrestling show. It's more, you know, um, very much so entertainment oriented as opposed to just here's guys wrestling. Right. Um, right. And so it's, it was for sure like a big help. Cause I mean, I was, <laughs> I was at one of my best friend's wedding this, this weekend actually. And I walked in and they called me on my way. The bartender showed up late. So I was like, Hey man, we might need you to bartend. So I walked <laughs> in and there I was, it was like, I was back behind, like, you would just, you know, like riding a bike. I was having fun bartending and bartender shows up. So I'm walking to my table and they're like, Hey, the DJ's not here yet. Like we need to announce, or, you know, we can't figure out the music and can you help us? So I get that set up. And then like, I'm DJing now nice. at this point. And I'm like, and, and but I'm not a DJ, but I know how to run the stuff, you know, so I'm figuring it out. Yeah. And then one of the bridesmaids comes up and she's like, Hey, here's the list. 
we're going to do the wedding party announcement. I was like, what do you mean? And so she's like, we need you to announce the wedding party. So then I became the MC. <laughs> so I got the music set up and there I am announcing, you know, two at a time, the wedding party. And now for the first time, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. and Miss, you know, and I just, I emceed the wedding party, you know, my, one of my best friends is strictly because my background in entertainment and now with wrestling, you know, like get on the mic and talk to people and just be entertaining, be charismatic and, um, yeah, it plays a huge role in it because for, I mean, as far as where I want to go with this, I don't, I don't just want to be a, a weekend warrior. Right. Um, like I want to be a TV wrestler. I want to be in one of the major companies and I, as good as I want to be in the ring, I want to be that much better on the mic and entertaining, you know? Yeah, no, that, that, it, it sounds like, uh, it sounds like you had a quite, quite, quite an improv, you, you know, you had to do a little bit of improv improvising this weekend w with the wedding, you know, that, that, yeah. but that, that, that's, Definitely. that's a, a, another thing that, that a lot of these guys, uh, who, you know, who, who are become a little bit of a triple threat, uh, like you hear like Miz and Jericho and, uh, and Dolph Ziggler, like they actually get into like stand up comedy because the, just the idea of the improvisational skill and the idea that you sort of have to read a crowd much like you do in a wrestling match. So, you know, yeah, that, that, like a lot of that stuff is, 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 I think it's very related to what you do inside the ring. Uh, yeah, definitely. So and, uh, Stiker who actually wrestles with us, um, Taco Poppy's on the card, he's in the rumble. He's, um, he trained with me. He's my age. He's been doing this only a few months longer, but he has a background in stand-up comedy as well. And I can't imagine how helpful that is as a tool, especially with like hecklers and stuff like that. You know, like when you're in a band and you're doing music and stuff, you might get like, you get a little bit of the, you know, everyone wants to hear Freebird. There's that thing, there's that sure. joke and stuff yeah, like that, totally. you know? Um, but like for the most part, like I didn't, I had never had to deal with hecklers really until I had like my first heel turn and stuff like that. But like, you know, I'm sure being stand up comedian, he's seen it long before he ever stepped foot in a ring. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, talk a little bit about your, your, your training. You mentioned it a little bit that, you know, you, you, you trained with, uh, with, uh, the Reno scum, uh, Adam and, and, and Luster. Um, how did, how did that start? Cause it, from what it sounds like, it sounds like you kind of, you, you know, you started, uh, and, and you, you know, you had a match, not, not that much longer after uh, you started training. I mean, my, like this whole thing, this whole ride for me so far, uh, blessed as far as the circle I fell into and then it's just like right place, right time. Um so I initially in two thousand twelve, like I watching those documentaries, I was, you know, at least active following people like Jim Roth and uh Paul Heyman on Twitter, things like that. And I remember there was an article that Jim Roth had published about the best wrestling schools and one of them he was, you know, gave a great review of the Storm Wrestling Academy in Canada. Mm -hmm. So in 2012, like I'm thinking, and this is, I have even done it, you know, my last semester school comes up. I've been, you know, say really got in full-time training in January, 2015. And I saved a good chunk of my, uh, my, you know, the student loan I had for my last semester, my financial aid, whatever. And I was going to graduate in May and then I was going to go to Canada in September. I was going to go, I wanted to go to Storm Academy. You had to, uh, sign up like a month ahead of time. And I had a class with, uh, his name is Bison Braddock. He, another, 
he goes by the reject. He's uh, he's in the rumble as well. Mm-hmm. And so I had I had a class with him, and I would always I would wear an Austin three sixteen shirt on test days, and I would see him in the gym on campus. And one day he stayed after class and said, "Hey man, I noticed you have like I see you have wrestling shirts, like a you know a few different ones. And um, would you ever be interested in becoming a wrestler?" And was, I'm, I don't think he probably expected the answer I gave him, but yeah, absolutely. I I plan on going to Storm Academy in September when I graduate. And uh, he and a couple other students had actually started a professional wrestling club on campus. So my first six months, first five months of training were subsidized and paid for by the University of Nevada. <laughs> You're a club sport. Yeah, they had, like, they had found a way to get us free training. Um, so I... Came a couple days, and then uh, there was, even though I had already decided that I was going to train with them full-time and join the school, and uh, I remember Chupi talking to me after they, we had a tryout deal, even though I was already part of the school, I just participated just because, and he's like, well, hey, we got guys, like, I didn't know the Reno scum yet, and it was my first time meeting Adam, and he's like, you have no idea how good these you know, these guys are to be trained by. You have me as a resource. I reckon Ball Paul as a door. played a big hand in my early days. He's like, we can get you some, like, where you want to be. We can get you working. Um, worst comes to worst. He's like, I'm not trying to discourage you from going to Storm Academy, but I think, you know, imagine how good you'll be if you have, you know, eight months of training on your belt. Then you go. Mm-hmm. He's like, I think we can have you working matches by the summer if you work hard. And uh, so this is, you know, January. I had my first match in April and then only worked, you know, probably so May, June, July, August, um, August 3rd, I was doing extra work for WWE for the first time. So I had my first match in April and in August I'm backstage at Ron Smackdown and the next month they flew me to Florida for my first tryout. So here I am in Florida. I'd had like six, seven matches. I don't know. I know enough, I guess to, you know, get along but at the same time I don't know anything so everything just like I said right place right time I got put with the the right people because they from day one have pushed I've never been pushed as hard as I have um I mean even in football anything physically mentally and just immediately like upheld a standard that they have for their for their students especially for them um I know from the get-go Adam you know really put a stamp of approval on me and it was one of those things like, Hey, you know, I've this kid's good. Trust me. And then it would turn around right around to me and say, Hey, don't suck. <laughs> and, uh, and then I, but then I spent a lot of time on the road. Um, like I said, wrecking ball and Adam, especially Adam's like a, a brother and a dad to me now. Um, but just hours on the road with those guys and every single little thing you do wrong. Like they, they don't tell you what looks good. They don't tell you what you did right. It's just from the moment you you get back from the curtain, or even now, if I have a match, um, it's a little bit more lenient, I guess. Not not the standard, but the conversation is usually like, you know, that wasn't good, right? And I'm <laughs> and even and the thing is, when it's not bad, they don't say like, you know, that was bad. It's, if it's if it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good, like that's just not what we want. It's not you know, that's not right. the performer that I'm trying to be, but. It, I've just been blessed to have literally before I was even new enough to be great, to be held to that standard. Um, and that's just how it is now. Like I won't even sometimes 
Uh, Cal Palace last time wasn't accepted just because it was such a special night. I was very happy with the match and everything. Um, and it was just a, the experience. But for the most part, like, it'll be a month before I really enjoy, like, a match, even when everything goes really well, <laughs> when I watch it back. Right. Because I'll be stuck on the one little thing that I did wrong or just something really small here or there, you know. Um, I remember there's times where the API was my first title defense against Yoshitatsu. Uh, Adam wasn't there, but... APW put it on YouTube live that night. So me and Stiker were driving home and Adam is texting us at like two in the morning critiques for our matches. You know, like that's just every, every success has been the way I've been taught through the scum. And like I said, especially through Adam is if, if something went really well, if you did something good and, you know, enjoy it now, take the moment for what it is. But then tomorrow it's on to the next thing. It's do better, do bigger um, period. No, yeah, that that that's uh that sounds really cool. The relationship that you guys have, um, so there's a couple just off of what you just said right now. There's a couple of different things I want to bring up, but the first thing you mentioned the the WWE tryout. Um, you know, people who are listening listening to this probably just by the fact that they're listening to this are intrigued with stuff like that with this with the WWE tryout. You know, they have several tryouts a year, and and uh, you know different guys are watching, you know, Steven Regal or, or, or all these different guys who, who, um, you know, you know, who have some influence, uh, you know, what is the tryout like? Are they trying to break you? Are they trying to see who's got the most talent? Who's the most athletic? Like, like what, what, what did you feel was uh, what you were being judged by uh, as you're going through uh, the, the tryout? Um, the first, so my first tryout, I don't know if, so for anyone listening, if you've seen the, the episodes of Breaking Ground on the WWE Network, um, the tryout in the first two episodes are the, the 2015 tryout that I was at. And there's, there's one moment where William Regal kind of loses his patience with a lot of people because of a, a small correction that he was trying to make with, as, as how you finish your role. You know, you roll and he'd say, you know, stand straight up, plant your left foot forward there. And then would like, I remember I did it once. He told me to fix it and I fixed it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he was going around telling everybody, but he was upset that he's having to say it again and again. And the, I think honestly, the biggest thing they look for is coachability. Right. Is how like, you know, cause it's, it's time and money. Right. And that was really the pressure thing. So the first time I went there, I did great. And they knew how, how young I was, how new I was. And they said, great. Uh, we don't have a spot for you now, um, but you possess qualities we like. And in about six months, call us back, whatever. Uh, they actually ended up getting contact, back into contact with me. And But they gave me some critiques, some things to work on, right? They said, you know, keep working. Uh, if you work on your uh, strength, physique, aesthetics, you know, keep just keep doing what you're doing. And within 17 months, they flew me back, which is, I had been, there was a couple people at my camp the second time that, hadn't even done anything with them for three plus years. And here I was, you know, not even two years into my first, I didn't have a, my second year anniversary yet. And I was back in Florida with them again. And I came back about 20 pounds heavier, um, a world of difference as far as my physique was. My physique was good when I went there, but it was much better. Like they had asked um, mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. in-ring, my in-ring ability leaps and bounds better. Um, I think I was very fortunate actually that I didn't have to do a match the first time and they didn't probably don't want to see it because of how new it was. It didn't matter. And then the second time I went and 
killed it with a guy that I'd never met who's, you know, about six years in. He was a good, great talent from uh, New Jersey, I believe he wrestled out of. And we went and had a great match. Um, My promo from the first time to the second, my first one was good, but my second one was great. And uh, Matt Bloom had come up to me afterwards and said, basically, you know, everything we told you to work on between this time and last time you did it. Like, awesome. Thank you. And I think that means that means more to them than, you know, I could say, well, I've worked for this company. I've done this, 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 you know, from here to there. Um, they, they gave me a second opportunity and I did, you know, I busted my ass to make sure that I didn't waste their time or mine. So I think that, cause I saw there was people there that never didn't even know what wrestling was. Um, there are some people, uh, I won't name names, didn't know who Vince McMahon was, <laughs> but I, I'm, not, I'm not even kidding. And this, uh, as far as I know, this guy's still under contract. He, he got a job after my first tryout. But seeing how quick he picked everything up, he played pro football, um, how, just how big he was, you know, like I, I can see from just a business standpoint, like why would you not give that guy a shot? You know, like right. he's so athletic and weighty. Like I've never seen someone almost probably close to seven foot tall, just foot bump easily for the first time. You know, mm-hmm. he picked everything up so fast. Um, and he was a good guy. So again, it's like that coachability thing that's like, okay, well we can do something with him. You know, if you're with the amount of, uh, resources they have just at the performance center alone, the people that are, you know, all the, between the trainers, um, just the, the medical staff there and the the way they run things with their promo classes. If you can't, if they can't make a star out of this guy or make something of him, nobody can. But if anybody can, they can. So like, it was a, it's an easy risk for them to pick up anybody that can learn and will learn fast. Now, uh, let's go back a little bit uh, to your first match. Uh, I hear a lot of, you know, you listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts, you get a lot of insight into into uh, careers and, and history uh, and personalities. And I think, I want to say, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin's first match was against Frogman LeBlanc, or it's something like that, right? He has this vivid memory of his first match. Now, you know, his first match was 30 years ago or whatever, compared to yours, you know, not being that long ago. But I mean, do you do you look back at that first match and, and have vivid memories of that and sort of, you know, do you feel good about it? Do you feel bad about it? Like, like, what are your thoughts going back to that first time you stepped in the ring? So my first time stepping in the ring um, in front of a crowd was, I think we had, we had somewhere around 500 people. We did it at the University of Nevada. And again, like this whole, and this, I, I mean it when I say like this whole ride for me has been like right place, right time. I've been very, very blessed. Like from like day one was like one of the most special moments of my career. Um, so we'd put on a show for the Northern Nevada children's cancer fund. And we got a fantastic turnout. Had a lot of cool talent on there. Uh, I remember, um, Disco Inferno was booked on the show. So that was something to get me and Stiker were big WCW fans. So we thought that was really cool. And then, um, you, you got guys like Jeff Cobb on the show, uh, yeah, Kratos. And this is, this is my first indie show experience and I'm on the card, right? So we did a battle Royal, but it was the main event and I won the battle Royal, but I got, I got, I was lucky enough that we had some really cool spots put together with wrecking ball. And then another student of ours, um, this whole thing was really special for me because my nephew who at the time, let's see, he was, I think he might've been 
five. He just started uh, second or first grade this year, but he actually had leukemia. He was diagnosed uh, just shortly after turning two. And the Northern Nevada Children's Cancer Fund, like that foundation, they had helped my family through a lot, through through his chemos. Um, I mean, even just showering him with presents on Christmas, just and just any little thing like that, you know. Uh, they, they did a lot for my family, so it was just really cool to um, to directly give back to them because we had, I think we raised um, over $1,000 for the fund, you know, for what just our fundraiser alone was. And my entire family, like extended family, cousins were there. My nephew was there. I brought him in the ring after I won. Um, and it's at my university, my last, very last semester of school, about a month before I graduate. And so I had like every, like all my best friends are there. I had the biggest like support group there, aside from Bison Braddock, who was in a fraternity. <laughs> he had a, yeah, he had an awesome rowdy group there too. Um, but doing it in front of my my family and my friends who have heard me, these guys have had to hear about me wanting to be a wrestler for years, you know. Um, and then for you know the very little that I knew. Uh, you know, Steve or Paul Isidore had helped me put helped us put together some spots that made me look like a million bucks, and it was just an awesome experience. So you actually have a really cool first match experience that uh, that you're going to remember for you know very very vividly and and very proudly for the rest of your life. That's 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 a really cool story. Yeah, it's it's one of the one of my best nights in wrestling still. Uh, so. When you look at uh, the next three to five years of your career, uh, even if you, if you look that far in advance, like do you have a little bit of a of a list or a blueprint or sort of what you believe is kind of like the path to get where you want to go? Um, to me, honestly, that answer, uh, as far as I mean, just me. I feel like I'm on a good path now. You know, I'm I'm obviously on the right track. If if I'm on WWE's radar, if I have been as fast as I have, um, and like I said, my my second tryout went great. Um, just two years in, and that also comes a lot in big part with the people that I've chosen to surround myself with. Um, and I know, like, I'm. You know, as far as relocation, like I want to get into, I want to be in the Southern California just as much as I have been up here, up north here. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I want to make my way to Wrestle Circus in Texas, and I'm working on that. I want to, um, I want to get to where you know, um, guys like Jeff Cobb are being flown everywhere. You know, right, like, right. I, mean, I know I'm only two years in, so but the way, just the way that I think, dude, I did this. I started training with in my head like i'm going to get signed by WWE, like i'm going to do this for this reason and I, I can make it happen um so if i look you know that three to five years i in that three to five years i expect to be signed to some sort of major promotion or working all the you know the major promotions in the indies um but as far as my blueprint i mean i can honestly say it's just like I do with the, you know, the, the team that I have here, I, mean, I take a lot of pride, um, and being a Reno guy and, and like, I mean it when, so that I don't think I've told the story in any, any podcast or anything, but that very first night that I had my, 
um, that battle royal, my debut, again, I had met Adam Thorne. So like one time prior mm-hmm. to this and he, I think we weren't even friend, friends on Facebook yet, but he messaged me that night and said, Hey, you did great tonight. Um, you know, keep working hard, stay humble. I have some emails I can give you. I think I can help you get where you want to be. And that's, those are the emails that got me my first WWE tryout. And then on and any, any little idea that I have, or, uh, I, you know, there's just, just about anything that I come up with. I, I run it by Adam because I trust his opinion. Cause if he, you know, he'll work close enough to where he can say, that's a dumb idea. That sucks. Or, you know, there's other things where, whether it be a spa in a match where he's like, I'm, I'm not sure. And, and then I go do it. And he's like, Hey, that worked great. You know? Um, but like I, him and, and Stiker as well. And I have luster for that, you know, uh, like I have the right people around me and I'm fully confident that just as much as, uh, you know, you see like in MMA with all the fight camps, you know, whether you train with American top team or, you know, TriStar in Canada, there's team alpha male in Sacramento. Like they take a lot of pride in the people that they trust, you know, their time with. And that's kind of how I am. And I'm lucky enough again, like if, the Reno Scum's not on the show. I have Jeff Cobb and J.R. Kratos there. And I always, you know, before I go out, I'll say, hey, you wrote that today. You know, will you please watch my match? And they'll tell me everything they didn't like first. And then I can ask if, you know, the good things I thought were good were good. But they will honestly tell me everything that I need to fix because they want me to succeed as well. You know, like they, I've been lucky enough that I don't surround myself with anybody that will BS me in any way, shape, or form. Um, so just as the way that things have gone thus far, like I said, aside from right place, right time, I put in every, I've gone, I've, I dove straight in, uh, you know, I'm, I fully invested in this and then I've been blessed with the, just the right people that can help me get where I've gotten. And I feel like that's the blueprint is stay with my team type of thing. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's even if I, if I were to move, um, like I said, Adam's a guy that, with with a family, he's he's been up at two a.m. watching me and Stiker on YouTube just so he could text us some critiques because we need to hear them now. Right, right, right. So you've mentioned uh, the Reno Scum as as close uh, close influences. Uh, you mentioned Jeff Cobb, Jr. Kratos. APW brings in a lot of guys who have done a lot of the things that it, that it sounds like you want to do. Uh, like a Jeff Moore uh, or John Morrison, he he's he's done. You know, he's worked for um, all these different promotions, yeah, WWE included. Um, and and guys like uh, Tommy Dreamer. You know, Tommy Dreamer goes way back to probably you know even slightly before you started watching wrestling. Are there any guys who have come in who have been sort of you know outside guys who have worked everywhere where you've kind of like you know, just kind of gravitated towards and, and just asked for advice or has there, do you have relationships like that with some of these guys who, you know, may work for APW or wherever else, you know, maybe a couple times a year, but that you've kind of, you know, gone over and, and just asked for advice because, you know, you obviously have a goal and, and they've done, you know, some of the things that you want to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I was fortunate enough to, I wrestled Tommy Dreamer and just in that, you know, 10, 15 minutes, whatever it was, I, I remember thinking during the match, like, holy crap, I'm learning so much, just, um, just how, just how easy he was to work with and how, cause he was a ring general, you know? Um, and every time, you know, he, 
something was, you know, he'd say, Hey, go do this. And it was just like the light bulb would go off my head. I'm like, Oh my God, you're right. And it was just that experience alone. But then he was one, you know, after the match was more than willing to, Hey, do this, 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 this looks great. You know, keep doing this. Um, and I've done that. Like I said, I had my Yoshi Tatsu match, um, match with Tommy Dreamer, the fatal four way. I had Jay White and Flip Gordon in there. They're younger guys like myself, but I want to be where they're at in that three to five year span. Like you're talking about, you know, right. like I want to be working for new Japan and ring of water. And so the, the way that I've gone about all of these encounters is right off the bat. Like, Hey man, teach me, like, how do you put matches together? How do you, you know, like, how do you go about this? Because I know how I do. Right. And I, you know, it's not like if they didn't, they don't call the match, you know, I have more than my own input, but I want to know how you do it because it's, it's a different perspective than what I was taught. And obviously like I trust their, their opinions and I trust their abilities. Um, and then any chance we have any of these other guys on the card, it's like, Hey, can you watch my match? And then, you know, if they have a chance, they'll give you a couple things here and there. And everybody's quick on time, but you take that and you like every little thing, someone tells you should be taken um, well into account, you know? Um, so yeah, I try to pick all those brains um, as much as I can. I remember when I was doing extra work for WWE, I sat next to Regal and I, I bugged him every chance I could with good questions, you know, like, what do you do? You know, okay, so we're at commercial break right now. What, are they, what is, um, what kind of spot are these guys going to do now to fill this time? And it's literally as he's telling me what they should be doing, they're doing it. it was, I remember vividly, it was never one Seth Rollins. I'll never forget it because it all just made so much sense, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so I've never been, and this has been through any sports. You know, I went playing football. I would go to football camps all summer. Um, and I've never been shy to pick a coach's brain or another player's or, you know, some, just to learn something from anybody. So been very lucky again just to be a part of the APW locker room because of the people that they bring in. Now, if people watch you wrestle, you know, and I, I I've been able to to see you a handful of times myself. I think they would say that the your work and your sort of your personality and the way you walk around the ring and the way you walk down the aisle, I think they could see a little bit of a like a rock influence or a Randy Orton influence in, in just your persona. Who are some of the uh, other folks that that you kind of looked at and 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 just kind of picked and chosen, you know, things to emulate a little bit to to help create the style that you have today? Um been big into Jeff Hardy was like my growing up he was like as much as I I love rock and I love Austin and all all the you know those guys but I always looked at myself again being you know smaller as opposed to like there's no way in high school I could relate to you know Triple H a guy that looks like that (laughs) Um, I I remember like I liked young Randy Orton because he was so young yeah you know, someone I could relate to someone that's trying to make their stamp in the world and try and become great, you know? Um, but I, Jeff Hardy was like my guy. Uh, I was a big Rey Mysterio fan growing up watching WCW and, um, I've always loved Chris Jericho. So it was taking, uh, I mean, even early Randy Orton days, he was doing these big cross bodies off the top rope mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, uh, so I do, you know, I do the Swanton bomb now. And it's something that I grew up doing on my trampoline. So every time I do that, it's just like, I'm, I'm that kid, you know, but I'm just in front of 3000 people now actually doing what I pretended I was going to do someday. Um, so 
so I like I take those influences, and then obviously a ton. Like the Rock was, you know, top three for me. Um, it's like it's just, it's just a, like a big mixture of all those guys. Love Shawn Michaels, but like I don't I don't think there's anyone that's cooler than Shawn Michaels. You know, when it comes to whether it be the heel Shawn Michaels, you know, no one no one's cooler than that. Period. Um, or you know, babyface Shawn Michaels, and then you have. Like every time someone mentions the Randy Orton thing, like I'm so flattered because I don't really do uh, a lot of Randy Orton stuff. So at least with The Rock, you could I do like you know I, the People's Moon Salt thing. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So it's like obvious I'm a Rock fan, but uh, like Randy Orton's the smoothest wrestler on earth. You know, like he's incredible. So every time someone even mentions, you know, ham, you know, it's been a handful of times. Of, you know, thank you for the comparison, but uh, you know, it means a great deal just because these people are all the best in the world. Um, yeah. So I think, I think that I've done a good job of putting together a style that can kind of work with anybody. Like, um, you know, J.R. Kratos does a lot of the, you know, shoot MMA grappling stuff. And I felt like I did a good job putting a match together with him. And then, you know, Yoshitachi from new Japan and flip Gordon and Jay white, those guys from, you know, those styles, I, I stood in, through elbows with Yoshitatsu toe to toe. And then here I am doing springboard moonsaults with Flip Gordon, you know, like I just, I think I've done a good job of putting together, um, you know, my strength and my size, but also the fact that I'm, you know, agile enough to do the flips, to do stuff like that. Are you still watching uh, a ton of wrestling today, like to study guys? And, and if so, who are some of the guys that, you know, that are wrestling today, either for WWE or New Japan, that 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 you're studying and 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 you know not not to say that you're trying to emulate these guys, but just kind of looking at the way that they do things and maybe you know thinking of ways to innovate for yourself. Absolutely. Well, I actually uh, Raw's on in the background right here. I'm in my kitchen and uh, outside the living room. But um, now it's funny. There's a like my biggest influence or my favorite people to watch right now. It's been Seth Rollins for the last few years. Um, love everything he does. Um, I'm also big into CrossFit and he, he's a big CrossFit guy. So it's just, we have that relation and who we, uh, or how we train, you know, things like that. Um, and then, uh, Oscar is one of my favorites to watch right now. She just, she's one of those, those people, like just the, the entrance, you know what I mean? Like not a lot of people come out with that, but just their own flow of things like she, her, like her, like Shinsuke Nakamura, like they're their own world and they mm-hmm. come out and it's mm-hmm. so cool. And then you see how they, every single strike they throw is just so damn good. And every movement, it's just the way they move in between the strikes, just like you, you talked about earlier with, um, you know, however it is I carry myself. And that's probably where the Randy Orton thing comes in is just because the stuff in between the moves is what kind of what makes Randy, Randy, you know? Um, so still Randy Orton, uh, a lot of Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, another one of my favorites, um, new Japan side. I love Kenny Omega. Uh, and yeah, and Oscar. Like I watch a lot of Oscar stuff, and if if my strikes ever look as good as hers one day, like I'll be in a good place, you know. <laughs> you know the the other guy that is very much like Randy Orton uh, for New Japan is Kazuchika Okada, who's you know who's their champion and kind of like their chosen guy. Oh, uh, the he's thi- a man right now. The thing that I like about both of those guys is, and, and why I mentioned Randy Orton with you is just sort of the way that you carry yourself, your movement, smoothness, like there's no, you know, it's just very athletic. Um, and, and Okada 
everything he does is just sort of this air of near perfection, right? Like he, every, everything he does, it, you, they, you they rarely, glide. right. They, they yeah. float around the ring. It's crazy. Exactly. And, 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 uh, and, and that's why, you know, that's what, that's similarly what I thought about Orton for you. It's cause you know, I, 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 I love Randy Orton as well. The, my favorite Randy Orton though, is house show Randy Orton, because when he can just have a 12 minute wrestling match, that's a fun match that you know where he doesn't have to sit there and set up the RKO you know after every for every opportunity he can just kind of have yeah. a fun match. He's not working cameras, you know. Right, exactly. That's my favorite Randy Orton because everything is just he looks like he's having so much fun and everything is so smooth and uh, and, and effortless. And effortless, exactly, exactly. Like he's just doing he's just doing whatever Randy wants to do, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so. Before before we talk about the the Fatu match and, and sort of set set up Friday night at the Cow Palace, the, the Clash, the Cow Palace, um, I, I I noticed on, on the Instagram, you know, you 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 uh, you hashtag Body Guy, and I know just in this conversation and just you know the way that you you talk about, you know, you are in the gym and and you're putting your body together. Um, what, what, what are you doing like diet and, and, and workout regimen, uh, as far as how, how do you stay, uh, lean and, and still, still put on all that muscle? Uh, like what kind of diet are you doing these days? Um, my diet, uh, recently I've actually, I've dropped about 15 pounds in the last two, three months. Um, just trying to lean out, just, uh, I, I move better. I, I, you know, the, the springboards are a lot easier not being upward of two thirty, Um, but my diet right now, it's, it's, I'm a pretty good 80, 85, 15, 80, 20, where I kind of, um, you know, after shows, I'll eat whatever I want on Sunday. I'll do a full, like I'll eat a whole pizza, <laughs> but, uh, during, during the week, man, it's pretty much, uh, peanut butter sandwiches, egg whites, ground turkey and broccoli. That's kind of what my, the main staples of my diet. Um, in between gyms, I will do pop tarts. Uh, that's where I get like a little bit of my cheat. Uh, most of my fat comes from either peanut butter, or whatever's in the pop tart. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Not not very high carb as of late, but I also have my you know macros dialed to where I can eat a lot more and still stay pretty lean. Um, but that's a slippery slope when you're trying to bulk, you know. Right. Right. Um, but as far as training, man, like I I'll go every day. I will go to my CrossFit gym and go through you know, as some sort of Olympic lift, uh, strength training, whatever they have programmed, I'll do whatever the workout is for the day. Uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, the workouts are usually in between 35, 45 minutes straight of just high intensity movements. Um, and then I will go across the street to 24 hour and do a full bodybuilding routine. I'll stay like today. I did CrossFit and then I went to chest and shoulders because my workout consisted of shoulder overhead movement and push ups. Mm-hmm. So it was, perfect you know I, and i do chest and shoulders together anyway but i chose to do it today because i had already been working on that for an hour um and then i'll throw my gym also offers yoga so i'll throw yoga in there to uh I, pr- I pride myself very much on my flexibility um i've always been taught uh i mean my, my dad used to stretch me when i was a young kid um I know guys, I remember when I was in high school, I found out that Reggie Bush could do the splits. Mm. And so it had always seemed, you know, I know all these high level athletes are very flexible and for, um, just preventing injury and things like this, like it's a good thing to be flexible because sometimes you land on your neck when you're supposed to land on your back. And if you can, if you're flexible enough to do that without hurting yourself, you know, 
then you get to work the next day. Yes. Um, so I do that. And then I do a lot of stretching and mobility stuff at home. And my, my gym actually takes care of me a quite deal, um, quite a great deal. Anytime I have any type of bug anywhere, I can go to them and they know some sort of mobility trick. As long as I'm not injured, they know a way to fix me. I remember at Halloween Hill last year, me and Jeff Cobb wrestled the Reno scum and I took a double stop for the finish. And the next day, I had zero, I had zero range of motion in my left arm, and I was supposed to work a match. Uh, I was actually tagging with Fatu and Al Snow. And it was like, man, I can't miss this match. I have to, you know, like, I, there's no way I have to do this. And I was supposed to wrestle Eli Drake that Sunday. So I was like, the, my biggest weekend in wrestling yet was, you know, I had that opportunity against Reno Scum for APW, work with Al Snow Saturday, then wrestle one of Impact Wrestling's biggest heels, and now Impact's champion Eli Drake mm-hmm. so I was like man I, I gotta figure this out and went to my gym and they taught me some stretches that I did for about two hours and I was good for the rest of the weekend solely based on their knowledge of what probably had happened and they were right so it's just every little resource I can use and Adam's been a great again here <laughs> every time I do one of these damn interviews man I, <laughs> I, I dropped his name you know 10 to 20 times but that's why I'm you know hopefully showing off that I'm as appreciative as I am because as far as the diet goes and the bodybuilding end of it, um, Adam knows how to do all that stuff and offers uh, like meal plans for people that he, you know, he'd normally charge for. And he does that stuff for me just because he wants me to succeed. So any, any type of question I've ever have a diet or anything in the bodybuilding end of it, like he knows. So I just have a lot of really good resources around me and I'm not afraid to use them, you know? Absolutely. Um, okay, so we have Friday night uh, back at the Cow Palace for the second time this year. You defend your championship against Jacob Fatu. Um, Ray Mysterio, you mentioned him earlier as someone who you kind of you know looked at uh, when you were growing up. He's in the main event uh, or in one of the main events, and uh, you know Jeff Cobb and, and Jack Swagger in the other one. So you have a you have a match that. Uh, I think a lot of people in the know are really looking forward to both you and uh, Jacob Fatu are very talented guys. W- what do you expect? I mean, are, are, are we thinking of stealing the show? Like, what are you guys, what are you guys looking to do? Obviously you're looking to keep your, your championship here, but you know, what's your expectation for, for this Friday? And it's, it's actually pretty flattering. The, the buzz that the, you know, the local APW fans have been giving this match because for me, as soon as I saw it, it was um, knowing how big of a challenge it is, but at the same time, knowing how good it could be. And then to see the fans reciprocate that immediately as well meant a lot. Um, but then it adds a little bit of pressure, you know. Uh, I'm more than confident in my abilities to prove because, you know, Fatu's so good. And I think he's another person that, you know, people see – him flip and all the stuff that he can physically do. It just, it's so impressive. So it's, if, if I bring my A game, if I bring, you know, absolute best, there's a world even talk when I lost it. If I bring my absolute best against his absolute best, the two of us, I feel like can easily have one of the most memorable matches on this show. Um, and cause it's a match that people want to see on top of that. And then if we talk, now you said, you know, hopefully I walk. I want to walk out with my title. I want to go to the Cow Palace. I think that'd be, you know, I want to be Mr. Cow Palace. Like I'll call and I'll self-proclaim myself, you know, Mr. Cow Palace. <laughs> I walk out of here with my title. Um, well, 
it's just to me it's an, it's another opportunity um to show because i do, i consider him a world class talent to just like i did with um Jay White and Flip Gordon and Tony Dreamer and all these guys you should talk to that another chance to prove because I, I wholeheartedly believe that I'm world class uh, like here and now that you know, anybody you put me in the ring with you won't have to think uh, for a second that I don't belong and you know Fatu's one of those guys that he's that good to where if the other guy across the ring from him isn't as good you know it'll be pretty obvious that he doesn't belong so I'm just looking to go out and prove that I'm one of the best right now and that I think I am the man and I've been, you know, self-proclaimed internet king. Like, I think that I've, I would like to think that I've done a lot um, carrying the weight of this title on, you know, on as much of a serious note on every card that I, I put it and I hold it to a pretty high standard. And I'd like to think that I've done it good justice, you know, considering, you know, guys like Daniel Bryan and, uh, I mean, Brian Cage, you know, world world champions. Casazano's had this title, um, and I just would like to think that this would be one of those matches that people leave the cow house and on the car ride home and say, "Man, that Fatu Frederick match was was great." You know, where uh, where can people find you uh, on all the social media stuff? Social media stuff. Um, Twitter is Carl underscore Fredericks. And it's K A R L F R E D E R I C K S, and then Instagram is Carl Fredericks underscore B G C. Could we talk about that body guy crew? <laughs> um, and then uh, Facebook. I always say this: I have I have the fan page thing, but everyone, you know, I've I've gained a thousand friends since I started wrestling. So everyone just comes to the personal one. So just look me up on Facebook. It's Carl Fredericks is my real name. So you guys can find me there. Um, my Snapchat's on my Instagram. Feel free to follow me on Snapchat if you guys want. All right. So uh, allprowrestling.com and also uh, I, th- I think that you guys are on universe.com. Uh, and and, so and tickets, I, yep. I think you can search for, for APW uh, on that website to get the tickets. But, uh, yeah, so Friday night, APW is back at the Cow Palace. Big card. Carl, thanks for hanging out. And I uh, really appreciate the conversation. I, 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 I'm glad when I get a chance to talk to, to people who, uh, who are as impa- passionate about, about what they do as you are. And it's, it, you know, hopefully people, people can sense that while, while they're hearing you talk that this is really, you know, really what you want to do, you know, for the rest of your life. Absolutely, man. I really thank you for giving me the platform to do so. All right. So we will see you when we see you. Thanks again to Carl. Peace out.